Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Uh, sorry for the bumps. We don't have roads in Alaska. They're a foreign concept. This is all foreign to me. What is this place, Padma? Who are you people? A religious cult? Doomsday preppers? Uh, no. Uh, well, I'm a pragmatist, but we have all types here. Army veterans, estheticians, soccer moms, but above all, we're human. And that's a rare thing in this world. I look out the window. I see a cluster of small houses. They're all painted red, blue, and yellow, just like the doors back at the compound. What's with the houses? Blue, red, yellow. It's shorthand. For what? The blues don't talk to the reds, the reds won't talk to the yellows. Well, unless there's a blue present. Are you talking about politics? Not exactly. Jolene, you picked a very eventful five years to sleep through. You keep saying that. Hmm. Because it's true. The entire world transformed. Largely because of one event. Let me guess. War? Alien invasion? Robots? No, nothing that dramatic. So what happened? What transformed the world? Wait. Before we get the answer, let's go back to where we left off. Ah, Ah, shit! Jolene, are you okay? Jolene. Jolene! No, I think I've broken my hand. Let me see. Where the hell would you punch the glass anyway? I thought I was dreaming. (laughs) Boy, I'm sure you're disappointed. Well, I guess I'm awake. I'm not dreaming. Make a fist. It's 2027 and I'm in Alaska. Open it up. But how? How did I get from the lab in Seattle to... More. This compound in the wilderness? Your thumb's all right. It's not broken. We should put some ice on it. No ice. Thank you. I've just been thought out. (laughs) Well, at least you still have your sense of humor. I'd like to call my family. Do you have a phone? Yes, but, uh... It won't work. Excuse me? Nothing works here. We're off the grid. No internet, no smartphones... We don't use anything with tracking capabilities. Why? So no one can find us. Jolene, a lot has changed in the world since you went to sleep. What is this place? A community. A collection of individuals and families who decided to live together. Padma, we don't know if she's been chipped. Chipped? Ah. Look at this marking on her arm. Wait, I don't have a... Oh my god. On the inside of my arm. A patchwork of dark lines and squiggles. It looks like a barcode. Or a rash. She's not one of them. One of what? You don't know that. But I feel it. Well, maybe that's because you lost your daughter. I'm sorry. But we can't make decisions based on feelings. There's a lot at stake here. Don't you have things to do, Q3? A surgery this morning you can check back in later. Okay. I can take a hint. That wasn't a hint. It was an order. Well, keep her here. Better yet, why don't you take her down to the holding cell? Holding cell? Leave it with me.
Don't worry. He's an asshole. Just happens to be the only doctor we've got at the moment. Well, I need another doctor. Olovsky. He's based in Seattle. That's where the lab is. I need to find out what happened, how I got here. I'm sick. Shh, okay, okay. You want to take a drive? Where? Jolene, you picked a very eventful five years to sleep through. You keep saying that. Because it's true. The entire world transformed. Largely because of uh, one event. Let me guess. War? Alien invasion? Robots? No, no, no. Nothing that dramatic. So what happened? What transformed the world? It was a conversation. A conversation? Yes. Between who? World leaders? No. Uh, a model, an entrepreneur, and a comedian. Is this a joke? No. It sounds like a bloody knock-knock joke. <sighs> no, it's, it's not a joke. The conversation that changed the world took place on the night of uh, December 28th, 2022. Three people were involved. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, Naval Ravikant, and Tim Dillon. Chrissy Teigen? Who and who? Navelle Ravikant is an entrepreneur, and Tim Dillon is a comedian. So random. You have to remember, at the time, people were in a panic over COVID. Uh, vaccine passports, new variants, Black Lives Matter. I mean, the whole world was divided. And? What did they talk about? Medical chips. Let's talk about it. Oh boy, here we go. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I've heard from a reliable source that the government wants to make a mandatory. Well, who's the, who's the source? Me. I'm the source. <laughs> well, it's certainly possible. The Valley is uh, bullish on them. Uh, so, what's the story? Are they real? Well, well the information is out there. They're already quite popular in Sweden. Uh, the idea is that uh, medical chips will be able to spot, or diagnose, and cure viruses before they take hold. Essentially taking pandemics off the table, not to mention various diseases. Yeah, uh, how big are they? Uh, a marble? A grain of rice? Smaller. In fact, they can be absorbed into the skin like a, like a gel. Hey, Chrissy, what do you think? Yeah, yeah Chrissy, you've been quiet. How, how do you feel about medical chips? Uh, oh, my God. Um... I already have one. Excuse me? <laughs> wait, wait. Did you just say that you've already got one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, listeners. If you're just joining us now, Chrissy Teigen's got it in her. Well, she would later claim she was joking, but it didn't matter. The audio leaked and went viral. Super viral. It was the perfect storm. You understand? They're hiding medical chips in the vaccine. Let me be absolutely clear. Medical chips will never be required in the United States of America. Breaking news. Earlier today, shots fired at the White House. The president and the vice president were immediately transferred to a secure location. We might have to rethink uh, medical chips. A bomb went off today in London. It seems to be in reaction to rumors about medical chips. Uh, riots broke out, markets crashed, police disbanded, and people like myself, smart people, saw the writing on the wall. We, uh, we got off the grid and moved to isolated, faraway locations like here, and started a new society. Right, we're here. Wait, I'm confused. 
So, were the chips mandatory or not? We don't know. You don't know? It doesn't matter. The panic was real. The fear was real. The mainland is filled with crime and disease, and, and that's enough to convince me that we're better off here. Hey, Padma! Hey, Jim! What's this? Uh, well, a little bit of everything. After you. We walk into a giant warehouse. It's a huge space packed with trucks, tanks, snowmobiles, guns, ammunition, and canned food. I thought you weren't doomsday preppers. We like to stay ready. Padma leads me to the other end of the warehouse. This way? Where there is a blue tarp over a long, thick object. This is it? The raft you were found in? It's just a simple dinky boat. With bullet holes in the side. When the fishermen spotted you, they thought you were dead. You were wrapped in, I don't know, some kind of bodysuit? A what? Uh, here. The material is thick, like rubber. Perhaps it was used to keep my body at a certain temperature. One thing is certain. I wasn't just dumped in the water and abandoned. Someone was trying to save me. Yeah, seems so. My guess is you were being transported. Where? Uh, somewhere safe. Hawaii, Japan. There are pockets of the world that are stable, but... From what I hear, Seattle is a war zone. The cryo facility you were housed in would have been under... <sighs> threat. Shit. What's wrong? <clears throat> well, look who's here. We've been driving in circles. What are we, playing hide-and-seek? What are you doing here? Uh, shopping for prom dresses. What? I'm joking. Ha-ha. Well, you're not funny. You're the opposite of funny. If there was such a word. And funny. Watch your mouth, Englishwoman. Earl, what do you want? Why are you showing her all this? To help her figure out what's been happening. <laughs> no, ma'am. That hasn't been authorized. You're putting our whole community at risk. Now, let's go. We need to get back to the compound. All of us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why? Town meeting. That's not till... Emergency trial. We've called an emergency trial. Now. Get in the van. Uh, Jolene? Are you ready? Jolene, estás lista? Yeah, sure. Fire away. Twenty minutes later, I'm sitting in the town hall. Padma, Earl, and Richard, or Q3, whatever his name is, they're all sitting around a table facing me. Padma wears a yellow robe, Richard blue, and Earl red. It's cheesy and surreal and... All right, we're here to better understand our visitor... Estamos aquí para comprender mejor a nuestra visitante... Miss Jolene Kenzie. Señorita Jolene Kenzie. A Spanish man called Javier stands in the aisle translating everything, for whom I'm not sure. Okay, Jolene. Vale, Jolene. Now, before you arrived here, Ahora de llegar aquí, the last thing that you remember was going under anesthesia, fue estar bajo anesthesia in a medical facility in Seattle, en un centro médico en Seattle in 2021. En Is that correct? 2021. Es correcto. Yes. Sí. 
And you have no memory of leaving the facility. No recuerdas haber salido de la instalación. I was frozen. Estaba congelada. Uh, is that a no? Ese es un no. Yes. I mean, no. That's okay, Jolene. We understand. Are you a spy, young lady? Oh, Jesus, Earl. It's a fair question. Jesus, Earl. Es una pregunta justa. ¿Qué dijo? What did he say? That you're a feckless asshole on a power trip. Oh, and wait your turn before speaking. He said all that? Yes. Well, screw you, Javier. Um, order. Pedido. Order. Pedido. Order, people. Pedido. Uh, settle down now. Manténgase en calma. Uh, Javier, uh, uh, it's okay. I... Have a seat, would you please? Look, I just need to get in touch with my family and tell them where I am so they can... Jolene, Jolene, we are a small, vulnerable community here, living off the grid in isolation. If we allow you to leave, how can we be certain you won't reveal our location? Honestly, I don't care. I don't know who you people are. Why are you hiding out here? All I know is I'm dying. I have a time bomb in my skull, and now that I'm awake, it could go off at any moment. I need to get back to Seattle. Now, I need two things from you people. A boat, and someone who knows how to drive it. Who's with me? Jolene. Jolene, sit down and face us. Who's with me? I'm with you, Jolene. Oh, God. The blind guy? He's gonna drive the boat? I have experience. Yeah, what sort? I worked at the Detroit River for many years. Oh, yeah, driving boats? No, a janitor. But I was around the water, and you develop a feel. Order! Order! I demand order! Why on earth would you want to keep me here? How about those bullet holes in the boat I was found in? Someone must be looking for me. Keeping me here is a danger to your community. As the words come out, I think it's a pretty persuasive argument. Bullet holes? What is she talking about? You see, I told you, she's valuable. I was wrong. Of the 400 people who live here at the compound, only one is incarcerated. But now there are two. Across the hall from me in his own cell is a bearded man with a shaved head and scars all over his arms. I guess you're waiting trial too. What did you do? You must be innocent, huh? He's been sitting there for the past three hours. Staring at me. You haven't told me your name. Well, I'm Jolene. Yeah, I like the song. Everyone says that, but, um, not you. I was a tennis player once, but I got sick. I remember you. What? I've seen you play on TV. Your backhand needs work, but you're quite good. I wondered what happened to you. 
They won't let you go, you know. My backhand is just fine, thank you. What do you mean they won't let me go? They can't take the risk. A bullet is simpler. Maybe they'll kill us together. They won't do that. How did you end up here? In Alaska? Or this cell? Both. Well, Jolene, I'm a nomad, a wanderer, a samurai. I've lived all over the world. I came to Alaska because I didn't want to be around people. I ended up in this cell because I didn't want to be around people. Is that a riddle? They don't trust outsiders here. But I guess you found that out. I lean through the bars and look. Padma and Richard are walking down the hall toward my cell. Padma is carrying a tray of food. Jolene? How are you? Bad. I need to get out of here. We know that. We know that. But... Yeah, yeah, you're just following procedure. We brought you some food. I didn't get any food. How long do I have to stay here? We don't know. Uh... The court will decide that. These things take time. We're a democracy here. I don't have time. Well, now you do. What I wouldn't give for my old tennis racket. I'd crack you three right over the skull. Hey, Jolene. We don't have tennis rackets here. How about a snowshoe? What? What did you just say? We don't have tennis rackets. I never said those words aloud. How did you... Induction. Most people want to crack Q3 over the head. All right, Remy, enough. Are you psychic? No, Jolene. He's an animal. Very funny, Remy. Very funny. Jolene, take the tray. I'm not hungry. That's enough, Remy. Yes, you are. Try the bread. All right, stop that. Richard, enough. Don't use my name, please. Let's go. Q3. I wait until they disappear on the hall. Then I grab the tray and look under the bread. Oh, shit. There's a note. When I unfold it, a key falls out. When the overhead lights start, the overhead lights start blinking, unlock your cell. There's a freight elevator down the hall. Right up to level two. Then run outside to the docks. Your boat and captain will be waiting. Stop that now, they've gone. It's Remy, right? Yeah. I have good news. I'm gonna escape, I need your help. You were handed the key, what more could you possibly need? I need to get to Seattle. It's not there anymore. What do you mean? It's a war zone. No police. No laws. That's why I need you. I'm sorry. Don't you want to get out of here? No. Weren't you listening? I'm here because I don't want to be around people. I'm relieved to hear you'll be departing. Remy crawls into his bed. An old mattress on the floor and reads a book with no cover. What are you reading? Your mind. You want to slap me across the face right now? 
Lucky guess. He doesn't look up for the next three hours. As for me, I pace around my cell, thinking of the marking on my arm. A barcode of some kind. I guess it's an identification mark from the people at the medical facility in Seattle. Oh shit. The overhead lights start blinking. I make my move. I walk across the hall to Rennie. He finally looks up from his book. What are you doing? In case you change your mind. I drop the key and take off. Running down the hall to the freight elevator. It's really just a dumb waiter for logs and equipment, it seems. There's a wooden platform attached to a giant rope. A pulley system operated by a control box. I step onto the platform. I press the up button. Level two. Nothing happens. It's jammed. Shit. I look up. About 30 feet to level one. And another 30 feet to level two. During my training for the French Open, I climbed a rope about 50 feet, unassisted. Then again, I've just woken up after five years of sleep. I make it about 15 feet. The power comes on. I land on the platform. I step off onto level two. And into a large hall. In the far corner, there is a giant movie projector playing a TV sitcom on the wall. The small crowd sitting on fold-out chairs watching. I sneak past the last row of spectators, stealing a jacket from the back of one of the chairs. I can see a fishing boat with its lights on. That must be it. Shit. There's someone there watching me. No. It's a snowman. I keep going. It's a very odd-looking snowman. Skinny and twisted. Like a scarecrow, or a... The snowman is bleeding. It's Padma. Her throat is cut. What's up, Julie? Belle? He's dressed in red army fatigues. Seems like you're in a hurry. You... You killed her. She was working against us. Against our democracy. Like you. No. You don't understand. I'm no spy. You guys are great. I just... 
I need to get to... Seattle. I know. What are you, a pothead? Well, I'm afraid your traveling days are done, little lady. And then... I see a shadow behind him. I think Earl sees it too, because he turns a bit just before... You okay? Remy! Come on. What made you change your mind? I couldn't say yes right away. Don't you know Aristotle? Not personally. The hero must resist the call to action. So you're a hero now. <laughs> no, I'm a convict like you. Now, where are we headed? There. That boat up ahead. So, who's the captain? I don't... I am! Luther? Who's Luther? It sounds like there's two of you. Welcome aboard. I look back. Men are running towards us. Better hurry. Luther, you really know how to drive this thing? It's a boat, not a rocket ship. Watch out! We're gonna hit the pontoon! Go forward! Go Hang on! Remy grabs the wheel, pushes the gear stick forward, and we're... Ah! Are they shooting at us? It appears so. Get back up, Jolene. I need you. How do you know I'm... Stand up, soldier. Take the wheel. Yes, sir. Look at the compass. Head south, keep the shore on the left. And? Await further instructions. Don't you worry, Jolene. I'll get you to Seattle. I'm the captain of this ship. Right. The captain. So now I'm alone on a boat in the middle of nowhere. With a convict and a blind man. If this is a dream, it must be drug-induced. I'm the captain! <laughs> yeah, we heard you. Episode 2, The Conversation. Jolene was played by Jessica Barden, Padma, Jennifer Armour, Luther, Bruce Lester Johnson, Earl, Carrie Shale, Richard, Eric Myers, Remy, Khalid Laith. Sound design was by Steve Bond and Adam Woodhams, with original music by Pascal Wise. Steelheads is created and written by Brett Nietzsche and John Scott Dryden, produced by Emma Hearn and directed and executive produced by John Scott Dryden. It's a Goldhawk production for BBC Radio 4 and BBC Sounds. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.